You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, evening, whenever you watch this. It's great to be here. Um, I hope you had a fantastic summer and hopefully some a little rest and relaxation. Um, it's been so great being out at the park with everybody. Well, I know some of you have not been able to come because of uh, COVID, but it, honestly, it's been so great to see the people I've seen and to be able to talk to people um, in person and uh, just, gosh, get back to a little bit of normalcy, but I, I, you know, it's pretty different still than what it used to be, but so good to be there. Um, today, I want to talk about the parable of the sower, and um, I feel so inspired by it, so encouraged by it. Uh, it's amazing how God's Word, like, I have read that these scriptures so many times in my life, but they still speak to me, and Somehow they speak to me in a new and different way than they did the last time I read it. And I really um, hope that this is a great lesson for you. And just want to say that, you know, it applies to you if you are a leader of people, if you are someone who is trying to help other people on their Christian walk, if you are simply a Christian um, trying to figure out life. Um, and also, if you're looking for God, if you are searching for God, this is an inspiring scripture. And it applies to all of us all the time, not just when we first start seeking God. And I think I have thought of this scripture that way for a long time, where this is the scripture I would use studying with someone who never read the Bible before to help them see whether they were these different soils or not. But I'm realizing this always applies to all of us all the time, that we need to make sure we are the soil that God um, hopes for us to be, wants for us to be, where things can grow and continue to grow in our lives, that we're always changing and, and discovering and creating new things with our lives. So um, listen up. I think it's going to be really great to look at these scriptures together. So in Matthew 13 and verse 1, um, I'll start and go through 15 and then read the rest of it uh, in the second half. But let's start in verse 1. It says, it's Matthew 13, verse 1. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no, no root. <clears throat> 
Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. You know, (laughs) this is powerful. This is such a powerful scripture because, well, first of all, I remember the first time I heard this in a Bible study. I think it was one of the very first Bible studies I went to. It was on the parable of the sower. And I remember reading through it and thinking, oh my gosh, wait, okay, who, what, who's, which one is this and which one is that? Because I was trying to figure out which one I was. And I remember thinking, I want to be this last one. I don't want to be one of these first three. I want to be one of the last ones. And, you know, I didn't totally understand what, how it all worked or what it was meaning, but I did know that I was one of them. And I did know that I wanted to be the one that was right with God, that was going to grow and flourish. And, you know, I think sometimes, anyways, let's, let's stay there. And then I think in verse nine, um, where Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> let them hear. You know, I think, okay, the longer I'm in the, in the church, the longer I'm a disciple, um, I think sometimes I feel like it's my responsibility to make all of these soils into the good soil. But here it says, whoever has ears, let them hear. And I I was thinking about this statement and I thought, wow, well, most people have ears and, you know, sometimes I was thinking, you know, uh, so I have, I thought, would, it would, maybe it would be good if, if the ones who didn't want to know, who didn't want to accept this teaching just didn't have ears. What if you could look around and say, oh, there's one with ears. I'm going to go talk to that one. Or, oh, that one doesn't have any ears. I'm not going to talk to that one. But that's not the way it is. We all have ears. 
I think why? Because we can repent, we can change, we can we can become whatever soil we need to become at any time. But here it's a warning. It's whoever has ears, let them hear. And that is that is our responsibility to hear. It is our responsibility to look at these scriptures and apply it to our own selves, to think about it a little bit more and to to ponder on these things because they don't automatically just, oh, I get it. I understand it. I see it all. I, I figured it out. I know what's going on. Honestly, if you think that you're, you're in danger, but this is what the scriptures are saying. Whoever has ears, let him hear. This was Jesus. And then it's interesting because, um, in verse 10, it says the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? And you know, I think sometimes we ask that. Why did Jesus speak to the people in parables? You know, and I think sometimes we try to break it down so clearly and apply it so clearly to other people in hopes that they will understand it, in hopes that they will put it into practice But that's not how it works. Jesus spoke to us in parables, and it's up to us to figure out how it applies. And thankfully, we have so many other scriptures. We have examples. We have so many ways of learning that. But it is up to us to figure out what it is we lack and what it is we need to do. And, you know, I think... This scripture is very hard line where in verse 11, he says, because the knowledge of the secrets of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. What? I mean, does that even sound fair? What? Why does some people, why do some people have it and some people don't? Why, why Jesus, why are you saying this? Why are you speaking in riddles? Why are you speaking in parables? And then he says, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance overflowing. They will have so much blessing and whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Okay. At face value, that sounds very unfair. What are you thinking, God? Why are you doing this, God? You're just giving to the wealthy? You're just giving to the gifted? You're giving to the one who already has? And you're not giving anything to these other people? No, that's that's not what he's talking about. You know, he says, whoever has will be given more. I think it's a matter of recognizing what we have. It's a matter of using what we have, appreciating what we have, longing to use what we have. Um, and, I, and, and then it says, and the one who has nothing, whatever he has is going to be taken. And you know, the truth is, I mean, we've seen it in other places in the Bible um, where the, the servant, you know, the different denarii, and I wasn't planning on reading that, but... You know, this one has 10, this one has, I don't remember how many, and this one has very few, I think two. And the one who has two says to himself, I know you're a hard master, so I'm just going to go bury what I've been given. 
You know, I think when we live like that, we lose what we have because we're not using it anyway. We're not doing anything with it anyway. But here, you know, I think this is why Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. Grab onto this. Um, And then in verse 13, it says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous, and that's why they don't see. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. This is not because someone was born deaf. This is not because someone is not smart. This is because their hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they close their eyes. This is exactly, this is spelled out for us what kind of people we need to be and what kind of people we need not be. You know, and I I love the part that says, um, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. This is available to everybody. This wisdom here is available to everybody. But we choose what we're going to do with it. We choose how we're going to live. We choose what we're going to put in our life. So in verse 16, it says, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. You know, when you look at this scripture and you uh, even imagine what what a path is like, you know, that it's compacted, it's dirt that is so dense that if something falls on it, it just even almost, it can bounce. It just bounces off. It doesn't go in at all. And I was thinking about how, you know, how... What is that? What does that look like in a person's heart? How would you know if you're the path? I mean, first of all, I'm not even sure that the path person is going to hear more than this lesson. Because the little piece that drops on it, the little seed that drops on it, is not going to enter. And, you know, let me just... um, Okay, so anyways... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. 
first of all, let me let me go back just a tiny bit. The sower is God. He is the one throwing the seed, right? I think sometimes, especially if we're in the church a long time, we think we're we're the ones throwing the seed. And of course, God uses us, but it is really God throwing the seed. And the the dirt, the path, or the the soils, I should say, the dirt are our hearts. They're us. We are the dirt, which is kind of ironic because, you know, Adam was dirt man. And here this parable is talking about how we're the dirt. Um, We are the dirt. And then the seed is the word of God. The seed is what God plants in us, hoping it will grow. But here then you have the four different soils and one is a path. And it doesn't even go in. That seed, that word, that truth, that understanding, that wisdom just bounces right off for probably a lot of different reasons. You know, maybe it's because it's, I mean, well, one, it is hard. It's hardened. It it can't go in. But what does that look like? You know, maybe it's someone who says, oh, I'm I'm never going to be hurt again. So I'm not giving my heart. Maybe it's the one who says, um, I, yeah, I don't want to be disappointed again. I, I've been disappointed too many times. I'm not going to go for this. Or, you know, show me, show me this, you know, prove it to me. You know, whatever it might, might be, it's the person who blocks it, who blocks the truth from getting in. And, you know, maybe that's fear. A fear of, I'm familiar with who I am right now and what I know and what I understand and how I see the world and I don't want to try to understand anything else. Maybe it's someone who's hopeless, who feels like nothing could ever change, nothing could ever be different, nothing could ever change in my life, so I'm not interested. Or maybe it's just a stubbornness to keep thinking whatever it is they're thinking and not grab on to what God is saying and think, gosh, maybe God knows something. You know, maybe it's just not listening at all, not entertaining it, not giving it any thought. Or maybe it's it's you hear it, but you don't apply it. You don't apply it to yourself. And maybe you think other people are supposed to apply it for you. I'm not sure. But this is the path. It doesn't even go in the dirt, the seed. So then the rocky soil, it says in verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Um, You know, this is the person excited to hear these things, excited to hear the initial teachings of Jesus, excited to understand or to see relationships that work and friendships and people who love and serve and are kind. And they're really excited about that, but they don't do their own rooting. They don't dig into the word of God and really make it their own not someone else's, make it their own and apply it to all the different situations that happen in their life. Um, 
you know, that I think I appreciate the parables that Jesus told because he says things in a way that are so open, like forgive or you won't be forgiven (laughs) or love your enemy. These things like you have to figure it out. You have to figure out who's my enemy and how am I going to forgive them? How am I going to love my enemy? And, you know, maybe that doesn't necessarily mean we figure it all out on our own, but it means we study the scriptures. It means we look for advice. We look for help. We look for people who can help get us there. Um, you know, but I think sometimes not digging our roots in, you know, we might say it's too hard. It's too much work. Or, you know, why does it have to be so hard? Why is this happening to me? How come it can't be easier? Or does it really matter, you know, if I don't get rid of those rocks, those hard spots in my ground? Like, do I really have to deal with this? You know, and and yet these rocks are hindering the growth of the roots. They can't grow through the rock. And so if you want to have a great abundant life that, you know, produces a harvest, then you have to get rid of the rocks. And and that is what we sometimes will say. It's too hard to move rocks. It's too tedious to find all those rocks. And yet it's not that hard and it's worth it. Your, your roots will grow. You know, and I, I think about that, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but um, just how roots, when there is scorching heat or when the, there's a drought, roots, if your roots are deep enough, you're going to have moisture. You're going to have nutrients. It's not going to completely depend on what happens up, on, up, up, up above. So we have to be growing our faith and as disciples, making sure that we're dealing with the rocks. And nobody wants to. Nobody likes to. Nobody wants to ask the deeper questions, but we need to get rid of the rocks, the hard spots in the dirt. You know, and then the third one is the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Um, you know, this is uh, interesting because the worries of life, the troubles that happen, there's so many troubles and so many worries that we can have in our lives. And of course, there are always things that we're not expecting, right? But there's so many things that we could spend all all our time worrying about. And maybe even all our time trying to figure out how we're going to be okay instead of depending on God and looking to God and trusting in God. And, you know, here it also says the deceitfulness of wealth. And, you know, I've I've been a Christian, I think, 40 years now, and... Wealth is still deceitful. Like, it still deceives me sometimes. 
I still can think, oh, well, yeah, life is easy for them because they have more money. Life is easy for them because they can go buy whatever they want or whatever they need. And I think that that is such a huge deceitful place. I mean, it's something that really deceives us so much so that sometimes we find God's word and instead of, you know, getting rid of all the thorns and getting rid of all the temptation and getting rid of all these doubts, we can just think, yeah, I better go and make sure I cover that. I better go and make sure I make the money I need to make. And so I'm going to cut back in, you know, this, reading my Bible or going to church or, you know, having family devotionals or whatever other way that we put the word of God in our life. When we start focusing on the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and we start thinking we have to get it ourselves and then that's a trap. So. Then we have, you know, the seed that is falling on good soil. And I, I found it interesting that, um, you know, it says the path, the, the seed that fell among the rocks and the seed that fell among the thorns. But in the last one, it says the seed falling on good soil and good soil doesn't sound just like dirt. <laughs> Good soil has the nutrients. It has what it needs for this seed to grow. And, you know, when I think about a seed, and, and honestly, I don't really think about seeds very often because I don't really plant seeds. And I think in Jesus's day, people planted seeds all the time. They knew they needed seeds to grow a crop, right? But if you think about it, you have this little tiny seed, or if it's an avocado, a bigger seed. But you have these seeds that have the instructions needed to grow whatever plant that is to nurture or to, yeah, to grow an avocado tree or to grow strawberries or to grow an apple tree. This seed, like what a gift, what a gift to have seeds and to be able to plant them and to be able to see them grow. This is what the word of God is like in our lives, that God gives us this seed and we don't always know what it's going to grow into. What what strengths will we have or what what things will we bring to Christianity or to our neighbor or to our family or to whoever we're around? We don't always know what that plant is going to look like. But it is amazing. It is an amazing thing to have God's seed grow within you. You know, and I, I think about the first time I heard this, all I wanted to do was be this good soil. And now, even now, I realize, no, I need to make sure I am this good soil, that I don't allow myself to get hard, or I don't allow myself to ignore, or I don't allow myself to close my eyes. And to still be 
that receptive soil that God can make things grow from. So, you know, I I think the question at the end of this is, are you dirt or are you soil? Are you dirt that's hard or that has a lot of rocks or a lot of thorns? Or are you soil where God's word can grow, where you hear and you see and you understand and you apply? And that is an important place for all of us to to be and to realize this depends on what we do with our own lives. And, you know, sometimes I think we can think it's someone else's responsibility to grow these things in our heart. It's someone else's job to give me all the practicals I need to live this life. It's not. It's our own responsibility to apply the word of God to our own hearts and our own lives and and have other people around us as helps, but not our source of growth. People can't, other dirt can't be the source of your growth. God makes it grow. But we have to be the seeds that, or the dirt that cultivates the seed. So, anyway, I hope this has been great for you. I hope it helps us to just think of God's word um, in a different way to be able to realize that he loves us and he wants us to see and he wants us to hear and he wants us to understand with our hearts so that we will turn to him and so that we can be healed in our lives. So, amen. Thank you. That's, that's the time we have for today. I hope this has been great for you. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.